0: September 30th, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Amud and in the uh, widest lines, uh, the Gemara widens for two lines, and then it gets to its widest lines. It's the first line, right in the middle, and the Gemara continues in its derashot with regards to the pesukim about Noach, about Mabul Noach, about that which transpired, about Noach's decisions, about the generation. Of course, all emanating from our Mishnah. Which described how Dor HaMabul lost their portion in the world to come. Says the Gemara, that's the Pasuk with regards to Noah. And Noah was commanded from all the uh, pure animals, we call it kosher animals, you should take seven Ish ve seven sets. Now the description. I remember the first time I was asked this without knowing the Gemara, without being aware of this, it was quite startling. The description of Ishvi Ishto with regards to animals is strange. Uh, animals don't have spouses. Animals do have male and female, but they don't have a concept of fidelity, of staying with one spouse. Why does the Torah describe it as Ishvi Ishto? Ask the Gemara Ishut la behema mi itla. Is there ishut, is there marital connectedness with regards to uh, animals? Mi'itla? <laughs> I do you ahead of me over here. Yeah, that's, that's the Gemara's answer, Judah. So the Gemara's question, in short, is what sort of concept is it to talk about ishut? Answers the Gemara. Amar Rav Shemuel bar amar bi'onatan. Judah, here it is. Meotam shelo avera. Perhaps the reference of ish ishto. Is the animals that were entered on into the ark were specifically those who had not crossbred with other species and other types. The Gemara, of course, on Dafkov Haithamud. And Nathan, you're ahead of the curve on the question of the Gemara. Ask the Gemara, mina. Says the Gemara, Minah yada. Oh, one second. You're asking, how did the animals not know to go? Well, maybe the animals didn't know, to, you know to, uh, to, to crossbreed with one another. However, ultimately speaking, some did and some didn't. The question of the Gemara is, how did Noah know which ones had not? Minayadah. Amarav chastah, one of two answers. Sheche'eviran lefne ha-teva, kol shah-teva, kol tato, biyadua shelo ne'evda bahem avira, v'kol shen ha hateva kol tato, says the Gemara, says the first answer here in the Gemara. Uh, the difference is, the difference is, with regards to which ones were received by the Ark. Uh, you know, I imagine it as uh, when there's that uh, whistle that you can't hear when there are dogs in the yard and they can't pass it even though you don't hear it. Uh, they, they just can't get past it. So something along those lines with regards to the animals, avera who had appropriately stuffed within their species, not per se with one spouse, but within their species, those were able to enter. The other ones, maybe there was that whistle in their ear, HaKadosh Baruch in some way, nature prevented their entrance into the ark. So it was kind of set up for Noah, those which uh, had stayed away from sin. Again, we see it as sin, animals don't have sin per se, but of course it's kihishit kolbasar, Kol Basar, it's all flesh. It's the Torah describes in Bereshit, perek aleph, leminehum, we supposed to stick, even the animals, even the growth in the fields are supposed to stick within your species. Uh, those who had were the ones that the uh, ark, the teva accepted. What's that? It's kol tato. Kol tato accepted, uh, like ir miklat. It's a city of refuge because it accepts those um, uh, who, well, in that circumstance, one way, over here it means it accepts the ones that were not. Other answer of the Gemara, alternatively, it's just the ones Noah allowed for this to happen, the ones who came on their own, nature, HaKadosh Baruch had implanted with the ability to realize and understand it's our time to enter into this ark. The ones who didn't were the ones, Ne'evda they in some way or fashion, without a real consciousness, knew that this is not their place. You know, what the Gemara really is describing with this second answer specifically, and in general with regard to uh, the description of hishit kol basar, that the animals are acting similarly to the human beings, It's, uh, Morris Bannon showed me just a, a day or two ago, showed me there were articles during COVID in which the animals and the birds were acting like human beings. That during the time of lockdown pandemic, when it was raging, uh, they were kind of staying out of the public eye. They weren't around. And afterward, uh, they seem to have emerged. There's some sort of reality within nature, in the world as we know it, where the animals play the role and act the same way, to a certain extent, in the animal realm and kingdom, as human beings. That's the description over here. The ones who belonged on the ark, well, they knew they belonged on. They marched on. The others did not. And so then the pasuk says, Aseh lecha tevat, ase the Pasuk describes what type of wood was used and commanded of Noah to use in building this Teva. My gopher, what type of tree is gopher? I cannot unfortunately help you with either of these two opinions other than reading them. amre de verbishila, zo mavligat, type of wood and tree known as mavligat. Do they translate that this? Cedar. Cedar, really, like eres. The amre golmish. What's that? A type of cedar, so one of two types of cedar. Again, the concept, the idea being a strong wood that would able to with, be able to withstand the waters that were raging and that were uh, falling from the skies. Sohar ta'aseh la teva. The pasuk describes how Noah was commanded to make sohar. What sohar? Amar bi kadosh le-noach. God commanded Noah when he told him to create a sohar for the teva. Keva ba avanim tobot u margaliot a place in the in the ark in the tevah precious jewels and uh, and gems kedeshi ummirot lahem kasahoraim lahem kasahoraim and the word sohar then is like afternoon sahoraim these jewels, these precious stones would give light to the people in the Teva like it was afternoon, which means to say by having them at the top of the Teva, you imagine, it was a way of uh, giving uh, natural, well, somewhat natural light for the people in it. Rashi in his commentary to the Torah quotes a different opinion in the Midrash. The other opinion in the Midrash is that it was a Window, one of two interpretations. The word sohar—it's either getting light from the outside through the window, or it's from the inside. The the these avanim and margaliot. Uh, what's the difference between those two opinions? Just at its very basic level, what Rashi, what the midrash seems to be describing as one of two vantage points with regards to God's command of Noah was Noah turning to was was God turning to Noah and telling him. Let's create the light internally with these Avanima and and then you'll spread out afterwards. But now is not that sort of time. Alternatively, even during the mabul, the vision, the description to Noach is you still need to be spreading that light outwardly even as human beings are, are perishing and dying all around you. Again, those are the two opinions, but our Gemara only mentions one of them. Then the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says that the Teva was kind of pyramid-like. In other words, it kind of slanted on its way upward because at the top, it was only the width of an amah that's a foot and a half. Why so? Why was God commanding Noah to construct it in such a fashion? Maybe there was something metaphysically significant, says the Gemara, quite simple. This is the way that the teva would be able to appropriately float and withstand the raging and ravaging waters and rains of the time. If it was box-like, uh, it would not be able to, based on the physics of it, withstand uh, the seas and, and rain. Since it was structured in such a fashion, like that, who quite physically, that's how it was able to sustain itself. We're going through the derashot of the pesukim. We mentioned in the Mishnah that Torah Hamabu lost their the Gemara, much as it did with Bilam and other circumstances. Here's our opportunity. We have a whole peric for derashot. We're providing Rashi for commentary al haTorah. Effectively, I mean, that's what the Gemara over here is going on tangents with regards to being doresh different significant episodes in the Torah. Nothing more and nothing less. It's not circling us back to the Mishnah, not talking about Olam Haba any longer, we're talking about Dor HaMabul. While we're at it, let's throw you everything with regards to Noah. That's right. It's almost like a Midrash Rabbah here. you go, going Pasuk by Pasuk and being Doresh and explaining them. Tahtiim, Shiniim, Ushlishim, Ta'aseha, the Pasuk describes how the Teva had three floors. This one you may have been taught in grade school. This is the ABCs of the Teva. What was with the three floors? It happens to be. There's more than one opinion in the Midrash. The one they taught me was this one. Tanah, we had a teaching. Tahtiim, the bottom level, was for the garbage. Emsayim, The reason there was a second level was la Was for animals. Elyonim. The top level was la adam. That was the purpose of these three levels. Again, the Torah never describes the purpose. The Torah just says create three stories in the teva. The hachamim are giving a derasha with regards to why. Then the water subsides and Noah is looking to find out if it's appropriate for them to come out of the Teva, of course, it's, it's notable and important. Noach was commanded to go into the Teva. He never got a command to come out. He had to pick up on that on his own, whereas everything is Vaisav, is a sivui beforehand. Afterwards, Noah is in a world without sivuiim. as a result, He's searching, he's trying to figure out, is it the right time for me to come out? Vayshallah et haorev. He first sets, sets forth, sends forth a raven. And of course, that's not a successful mission. However, the hachamim have a and This is a, a traditional, a classic dirashah of hachamim because you're envisioning a circumstance that is very curious, to say the least. In other words, the Torah describes how he initially sends forth a raven unsuccessfully and ultimately speaking sends forth a yonah a dove. What's the purpose of this raven description? I mean, when you have these sorts of conspicuous passages in the Torah, the hachamim jump in and uh, fill it with significance. Amar lakish, uh, teshivo lenoach. The statement of resh lakish, he imagines that the orev, the raven responds to Noah in this moment. Amar lo, he turns to Noah and is not excited about being sent forth. And of course, the Pesukim described doesn't come back with a successful mission. Amar lo, both your master, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hates me, and you, you hate me as well, maybe even more. Your master, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, commanded two of each of the non-pure animals, and seven from the pure ones, Okay, clearly he cares more about the Tehorim. I'm from the class, which is, and I'm Tehorim. But you, you hate me probably even more. You're sending forth. Instead of taking from the majority class, taking from a, or from a, a bird that is from the class of Tehorim, where you have seven to deal with, you're taking from the twos. If I'm afflicted by the minister of cold or of heat, which means to say if I'm hurt, if I become ill and die, would the world not be missing now a species? You're sending me forth, if I die, if I get struck by the uncertain circumstances outside of this Teva, I'm done. And as a result, you have no ravens any longer. I know what's going on in your mind, says the raven. Maybe you're after my wife. That's the issue. The reason you want to send me forth is you're hoping that I'll go down because you want to have relations with my Mrs. Raven. Amar lo, says Noah to the Urib uh, Rasha, again this is Resh Lakish's recreation of the circumstance, says, wicked one, bamutali ne'esali b'ne'esali lo kol shekin, you're suspecting me that I would go after the forbidden raven? I'm, per- I'm not even permitted to my own wife, who is generally speaking permitted to me. Which means to say, the description of Resh Lakish is how the Orev is provoking within Noah some inner strife and anxiety. But ultimately speaking, the response is, I can't be involved with, I wouldn't be involved with you. I would be involved with my wife first. Who said he's not allowed to be with his wife? Uminadan and Who said that he was prohibited in relations even with his wife? It's a strange reply, except if, Resh Lakish is bringing us to this next point. He's recreating this in order to tell a story which portrays the punchline. That you shouldn't be, per se, imagining Noah as having his eyes on the wrong things during that time. He was struggling enough with his own business with regards to prohibitions. In other words, Resh Lakish built up a whole story to get across, potentially, this point, the diuk in the pesukim with regards to what Noah was appropriately or inappropriately engaged with at the time of the Mabul. Well, what was he doing during the time of Mabul? He was prohibited, and the Gemara doesn't tell us why, but it tells us the Diuk from relations with his wife, as were his sons. Why would that be the case? Well, it's quite simple. The world is literally destroyed around them. You're going to tell me they're going to be enjoying regular marital relations? on this Teva, inconceivable. As a result, Resh Lakish built a story which hits its crescendo in the moment where you understand that, and in turn, it crystallizes in your mind. Look at the sensitivity to the words in the Torah. Understand circumstances. It reminds me of, before we even read onward, during times of war or strife for Am Yisrael or even world uh, circumstances, there are famous stories about Hafez Haim, and others who were sleeping on the floor. Were they sleeping on the floor? I mean, they, could say, they say if the world is in sorrow, if my nation is in sorrow, if my community, if there's individuals, I'm gonna be sleeping on the bed, I'm gonna be living a regular life. There's almost a feeling and an understanding of a connectedness to humanity or specifically sometimes to Am Yisrael where I cannot be engaged in a regular. I mean, sometimes we have these uh, these circumstances of guilt and shame, which you shouldn't have, but an appropriate understanding of mecha ani basara ani basara" by feeling that. That's the description. The description is going to be, Noah couldn't be involved in family relations. So Noah is looking at a world which is being destroyed. Dichtiv, who said that the, the family members were prohibited in relations? U la teva ata, u ba'necha v'yishtecha so the pasuk describes, you'll come into the teba, you, Noah, together with your sons and your wife and your sons' wives. That's interesting. Uh, it reminds me of the Mishaberach on Shabbat. This question: Mishaberach on Shabbat, la Lakahal. And some of the sidurim it's printed as um, Hem Ubnem Unshehem. And some of the other sidurim it's p- published as Hem Unshehem Ubnem. Which one is it first? Is it the wives first, or is it the children first? Well, naturally, it should be. It would seem wives, and only then children. So it depends which Sidur you look in. One of the first messages Mari Dweck gave me here was I was reading from one of the Sidurim, I read him, he asked me, do you not like your wife very much? And I was saying, was, listen, there's different Nos even within our community with regards to that, but certainly many of the Siddurim. What do we have in there? It gets flipped in the Kata Yeah. Also, we already... T- in the Katamazon as well, that's right. There's all sorts of circumstances. Anyway, but I guess Pasuk says, just bring it back to the Pasuk, Pasuk says, um, again, now you'll fully understand the sensitivity. When Mari said this, and I never picked up on this, effectively what I'm saying is, you know, all of you, you're prohibited to your wives. When, when, when that's the diuk in the pasuk. The diuk in the pasuk is you and your children and only then your wives. The Gemara can't understand why that would be and then when they come out of the teva, semen teva ata vi-ishticha shebanecha itach. Pasuk says afterwards, you're going to come out with your wife and your children and their wives, which means to say, you start by describing them with his wife. Now you're permitted to your wife. The natural way of mentioning, I and mean, that's that's what I mentioned in this context, it's not just a joke, it's not just a question from Murray. The Gemara is really supporting that by saying the difference between before and after the te- the mabul is a description of before and after marital le- relations, regular relationship with husband and wife being permitted. And B'ohanan derived from this diuk, this difference in the ordering. Initially, first children and then only wife, afterwards wife and then children. We derive from this, they were prohibited in relations, family, marital relations, while the mabul was ravaging. Again, the logic, the rationale we discussed. Tanur Rabbanan says the Right, the Gemara never tells us the response of of Noah. Uh, it's a great question. Uh, it's, it's a longer conversation, but it's all speculation. I mean, it's it's a great question. More than anything, it, it's a question which 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 you're forced upon when you read the Torah. Why would he be sending forth the oriv? if it only has one other, unless Noah was convinced at the time that the orev, based on its quality and its characteristic, is the only one who would be able to affect it. The next line in the Gemara is going to suggest that. However, it's difficult. I'll tell you, uh, yeah, so that's okay. Charles is telling me that based on this next line in the Gemara, next line in the Gemara is gonna say that the orev already had relations with its wife, with the female. So says Charles, that's what Noah was perhaps aware of. Why didn't he respond that way to the orev? No, I understand. saying when when the orev turns to him, so are we going to knock out my species? Why doesn't he say, Rasha, your species, I know what you did on the teva, and your wife is already impregnated. You know what I'm saying? But I got you. But there's a suggestion from one of the aharonim that that's why he sent the orev or your, or this is your interpretation interesting okay regardless not 100% sure tanura uh, banan this beraita that uh, that that uh, charles is referring to shiloshashim meshu bateba Three, inappropriately, and keep in mind, again, the engagement of animals we're envisioning, much as that article from Morris that I mentioned earlier, is to be, even without a command, similar or identical to the human activity, both with regards to entrance, activity off of the teva, and on the teva as well. Three, inappropriately engaged in relations on the teva. Who were they? V'kulem l'aku. And all of them, as a result, uh, received a... a They were all struck, they all got a punishment from God. More than anything, the description of the hachamim over here, as I understand it, is in reverse. They're looking at matters and circumstances which seem to be not the norm. So they're looking at each of them and they're saying, let's give meaning to this. I don't think, but there might be, might be Masoret amongst the hachamim, they might have a tradition on this, sometimes that's what a midrash is. Alternatively, the hachamim are sensitive to the world around them. Jared here, brings this point out often. It says the world around hachamim, they're sensitive to, Sharon has reminded them. they're very sensitive about this. As a result, they're looking to implant within it a certain meaning. It doesn't mean they know this is the reality. It means they look at it and they say, You know, we could learn from this. We could learn that perhaps there was something that we can in turn have a relevancy in our lives. What's that? Kelev ve'orev ve'ham. A dog, a raven, and the son of Noah, Ham, each of them wrongfully engaged in relations during the mabul. What happened to them? Kelev nikshar. Kelev, dogs, apparently during time of relation, the male, at least according to Rashi's interpretation, of gets stuck in the female and needs to be pushed out. So there's an abnormality with regards to relations which it was struck with as a result of an inappropriate relations on the teva. Orev rak. Uh, the, uh, the raven, the way they impregnate one another is through spitting uh, into it, which means to say it takes the zera and instead of a regular relations, it spits it. That's abnormal. The hachamim envision this beraita and understands it as a, uh, a consequence of wrongful relations initially. Ham, the son of Noah, his child Kush, had darker skin, and as a result, the hachamim envisioned that as out of the norm, not the way people once looked, and in turn, that was, to a certain extent, the punishment to ham for wrongful relations. The Pasuk says that later on, Noah sends forth a yonah, says the Gemara, Shel Tehorim, im sadikim. The pasuk seems to say he sends the Yonah Rashi's diukovel different diukim. Yeah. Meito—that's an extra word for no reason. The pasuk could have said by Yonah. It said by the orev. He sent the orev. It didn't say meito. Meito means from with him. What do you mean from with him? The, the, the description, the understanding is you learn from this in some way or fashion that the pure birds hang out in the context of. Righteous people. It's an interesting description. I don't know to be taken literally. However, I don't remember the full details of the story. There was a story with Chacham Avadiyah Yosef where a turtle dove showed up in his Midrash one day and he was certain that it was sending him a message. And this Chacham Yosef who, generally speaking, lived his life without any of these mystical, magical stories. He was certain that that uh, turtle dove was coming from someone and speaking to him. There's a vision throughout history, for one reason or another, of birds having a certain relationship to righteous people. The pasuk describes how uh, the uh, Yonah had within its mouth a ale uh, a, um, a uh, what's it called, a leaf. From a uh, olive tree. The yonah turns to Bore Alam to God and says, You want to know why I'm holding on to? Or you know what we in turn can learn from the fact that the Yonah was the Torah goes out of its way to tell us that the Yonah had in its mouth an it Learn the following. The yonah we can imagine saying to God, We can derive a certain understanding of that circumstance. Look at the Yonah, understand it as saying, you see, this tree bringing forth olives is a little bit bitter, but I'd rather have bitter food if it's provided from you, God, that I have access to and a certain independence and connection to you that you're providing it directly to me, than me going to even something as sweet as honey, but being dependent upon human beings. My mashma, lastly, in the Gemara, says the Gemara, my mashma high taraf lishna de the dirashah over here is, that we're looking at the Yonah and we're envisioning it as talking about food. Who said it's talking about food? It's just bringing that back a leaf from an olive tree. Who said it's food? It must be a dirashah in that word, taraf. It had it in its mouth. Who said the word taraf? Uh, implies Lishnah, Lashon, a wording of mezoneh, of sustenance of food, that were to derive a lesson with regards to we'd rather be nourished by you, God, than by human beings. Al li basar v'adam. We envision a life which is difficult of the man in the Midbar as an ideal life. I can be dependent and supported by another, but I'd rather HaKadosh Baruch even if it's not as sweet, even if it's not as exciting, even if it's not the Basar, which Am Yisrael complain about in Bimidbar perik Yodal, even if it's not that uh, the, the, the exciting food uh, that that comes from our own produce and from others, we'd rather it come from you. Dichtiv. How do I know the pasuk Taraf is a reference to food? Dichtiv, as the pasuk implies in Mishleh, the pasuk in Mishle says, "Al li, excuse me, uh, uh, okay, shav udvar kazav harpekim mimeni resh vaosher al hatrifeni." Lechem hokai says Shelo Mohamlech, give for me to eat lechem hokai bread according to what I need, which means to say the word hatrifeni, and in turn taraf befiyah, we can link up to sustenance, to nourishment, and derive that lesson from the Yonah, as the Hachamim ha'aret, baruch the Adam amen Amen.